to think there's anything I'd want. Lines. Take a look. Like Sam said, she didn't want uh, eyeballs or something. Uh, no teeth. 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 Right. 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 Teeth. No teeth for Sam. Got it. This this will be a game with no bite. No bite whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, you know, like you could have like zombies and like I don't. I, I just don't have. If it might, if my teeth are falling out, I am <laughs> unhappy. Yeah, I have that nightmare occasionally. Exactly. So. Make sure you right. brush them. Yeah, I, I also do. That's what goes with having that nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, so Sam, one will, of the Sam things... will be the character that will cover up her zombie bite from the rest of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to uh, to just, it, I want to do this ahead of recording. So I think I mentioned this to you, Stephen. But are like I, I, you know, I'm conscious of doing child endangerment when we did um what do you call it and then and, and afterwards shadow, it was the like, what yeah, the, shadow the demon what the heck was wrong with me right um <laughs> um so how are we for um dismemberment and uh horrific things we want to you want to keep it like kind of PG i mean we try to want, want to make it as family friendly as possible so for for me that means no uh you know sexy times uh, graphic good. depictions I, of sex. I don't want that either. All right. And um, no foul language. Okay. I've, but if you're talking about, you know, like the zombie comes at you and his arm falls off and it's around your neck, I, that doesn't bother me. But if you're like, he hacks and cracks at your arm until all your sinews break and rest free <laughs> from their joint, that might be a little bit too much. Yeah, I don't have that kind of energy. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Well, there's maybe nothing else we need to talk about. How 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 long do you want to do this tonight? Just however long it takes. I guess until we're done. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I mean, I don't know what what your, your thoughts are. I mean, we can talk about character creation and even do a character. Everybody can do a character creation because I think that uh, what is it specifically with the with the focus? Uh, we're not supposed to double up on that one, so it might be important for everybody to make sure we don't have the same. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, we could do that, yeah. And, and it, I mean, you're not supposed to double up on that, but we could double up on that. I mean, you know, you know, you can, you can. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, like, two two characters that control the flame or whatever might be a little bit. Yeah, that might be a bit weird. Not, not appropriate, so. Yeah. But, all oh, right. yeah, I was thinking of the types, but. We, we I mean, have all emerged from the monolith. <laughs> <laughs> Holding like hands. Read this. Yeah. This is, like, super sick art. Yeah, the art in the book is really cool. Yeah, they just uh, put a bunch of seventies, uh, uh, <laughs> like not, like seventies sci-fi novel sci-fi illustrators. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes, and they, they put them in a time capsule, and Monty Cook Games just thought them out for Numenera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. When you said that, I was like, yeah, that's exactly. Uh, the moon is a harsh mistress, or uh, yeah, definitely. Spaceship will travel. Well, I mean, even like Why if you look guy's at the got cover. A big head? If you look at the cover of like uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, like some of the uh-huh. covers, it's like this is not what this book is like. <laughs> right. No. Looks like a yes album. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes called and Boston called. They'd like their art back. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I think that's a great way to start all of this stuff off. Hey everybody, you've been hearing us uh, yammer on for a few minutes. Um, but we're gonna get it uh, our next game. GM by Brad Will will be Numenera. And if you haven't checked this game out, Brad, what do we know about Numenera? I uh, know only, uh, oh, let me say this. No offense to the people who made these videos, but Brad shared a bunch of videos. And some of these guys went a little bit too far up 
into the rarefied air, <laughs> trying to describe yeah. the world of Numenera. Yes. Here's all you yeah, need to know about Numenera. On them, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's all you need to know about Numenera. A billion years in the future, six or seven apocalypses happened. People are now finding these ancient technologies and using them for their adventures. Is that about right, Brad? That's about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, these ancient technologies are lousy. The world is littered with them. Um, that is one of the, one of the more bizarre conceits of this game that, um, even the very ground itself is covered in drit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty, it's, it is, it's the same sort of way that their healing potions abound in, in various other systems, right? That, Mm. That all kinds of uh, a weird and wacky tech uh, is littering the landslide. Landside, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. In this game, yeah, yeah. Well, we got we got that. I, but, but so here's the thing: everybody loves it. I mean, loves it when I compare a game that we are about to play with other game systems and other video game systems. I mean, they like love it. Game. I get yeah. in, in I get this case, so there is emails. straight up a video game, like a Numenera yeah. game. Oh, is there a straight up video game? In oh, yeah. Well, this is exactly yeah. like that. No, I was going to say, um, when I'm looking at the character and how you build your characters and looking at the character sheets themselves and looking at some of the simple, simple mechanics, not the in-depth stuff. And I know a lot of people are go, these two are not anything alike. But this really felt a lot like uh, when we did uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord. Because you got a very simple character sheet, a very simple set of stats, and um, you're picking, you know, one of I think it was what, four or five uh, character types, and um, so it it kind of felt like that when I was looking at uh, character creation. Yeah, it's it's very much like that. Uh, well, and 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 it's very much like that in response to that old school D and D thing where you roll up some stats. And then depending upon what you roll, you rolled good fighter stats. I'm talking about old school D and D, right? You rolled good fighter stats. <laughs> yeah, 3.5 edition. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not how old I am. No. Yeah. But you know, you're, reading you're worlds but, without number recently and it's being, bringing back some old memories of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where you're, you're, you, you have limited options based on your die rolls. Right. And so you go, Oh, well, I guess, I guess I rolled a good fighter, so I'm going to play a fighter. And so this is a, this is a direct response against that, that says, don't let the game, don't let the dice dictate how you play the game, decide what you want. And then once you decide what you want, that tells you what your stats are, right? That, that tells you how, how you're going to be in the world, which also, and I was saying this uh, to Brian and to Rodrigo earlier, also kind of feels like when you're playing Assassin's Creed, uh, like Odyssey or Valhalla, where yes, you're, you know, part of these, uh, the Assassin's group, but you are either a punchy type, a shooty type or a roguey type. And then based on how you pick your, uh, points and put them towards your, your build tree, that's how you create your unique character from that. Yeah. And that's, so see, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Steven's yep. right again. You're and we're done. Thank you for yep. coming. Yeah. Was, it was very kind of you to show up. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So Rodrigo. Hello. I, I saw on Twitter the other day and I'm not challenging you that I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this because I want to avoid this. So, so on Twitter, you said something like, uh, going to play Numenera again. This game was kind of meh for me when I dealt with it before. What was kind of meh for you before? Yeah, so um, what I was saying is that I, I was kind of harsh on it the first time around. 
Um, I, I just told this story, so Brian and Steven are going to get this again, but yeah. um, no, it's it's all good. Uh, they they hear my stories all the time anyway. Um, so the first time I read through Numenera, I had just read through Pugmire and was very disappointed that Pugmire is essentially just D&D, like very much just, you know, same stats, same gameplay, um, you know, obviously very different setting. But the fact that there are like fighters and rogues and clerics and stuff, um, then I started reading through Numenera and it's like, okay, yeah, set in the far future, indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool, cool. And then I got to the classes, to the types, right? Um, and it's like the types are wizard, fighter, and uh, rogue, basically, and or, or like specialist. Um, and I was like, oh my God, are you serious? You wrote a whole new game and then you, we ended up right back to where we started. Um, going back through and reading it again, um, I, I get much more of a sense that it isn't that. Um, Numenera is sort of doing kind of a um, kind of a meta thing where the cipher system doesn't really work like D&D. It doesn't work like that system, but it has morphed itself into a face that you can recognize. Mm. Um, and it's like, hello, new person. Would you like to play a wizard that you are familiar with? Um, and that makes things a little bit easier, but especially with the introduction of stuff from Discovery, you know, it, it, or uh, from Destiny. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it really shows that even, even early on, it's very open-ended. You have a lot of options. Um, and uh, especially if you, you know, it's like, Yes, glaives are fighty, and yes, um, nanos are magical. But especially, like, jacks cover a huge amount of space in between them. And there's a lot of ways in which they start, you know, basically getting into each other's, um, what, what we might consider each other's boxes, right? It's like, you can walk in with a quote-unquote fighter that is, like, more magical in character than the nano, or about as magical. So, um... Yeah, I was uh, I was really down on it before, but this time around, reading through it again, I I really recognized a lot of other design points that I think free up the game from that you know very uh, very limiting like D and D and only D and D scope. Yeah, oh, that makes sense to me. Yeah, and I'd say that uh, having read the original Numenera, that. It was even worse than the Discovery and Destiny edition, mm-hmm. that not having really any options of exploration or social interaction in the character options as much. You, so. you know, I I don't know much about the original version of this game. So I I came into it after the Discovery Destiny business dropped, and that's that's what I have. Ah. Uh. So, Probably better that way. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I get I get that sense, right? I mean, even looking at the original character sheet, the original character sheet is just um with I mean the the current character sheet is overdesigned, but the original character sheet is almost well, it is just too much for me. I mean it's just way too much. But that's <laughs> yeah. that's its own thing. Rob or Sam, have you guys uh played Numenera or looked at it before? I, I have this? not, so okay. um, I I'm, I'm excited to try it. I've heard like that it's a cool system, and it seems like I a cool setting too. Have glanced through the books at uh, my local game store <laughs> because the covers look cool. Yeah, that's that's a good enough reason. 
So one of the things I wanted to mention, and this, uh, it, you know, Brian and Stephen have, have played with in my my uh, uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord, and and Rob was there for my uh, Call of Cthulhu game, and and you guys might recall from those games, we uh, were horrible at them. <laughs> That was okay. That was a thing. That was a thing. But that that like in Call of Cthulhu, I had my I had my bad guys kind of main action points pretty well plotted out. Right? I knew I knew what the bad guys were going to do. I just didn't know what you were going to do to mix up the bad guys. Right? Mm-hmm. And it, in Shadow of the Demon Lord, I had that that was plotted out pretty thoroughly right from day one. Um, so. Just so everybody's clear, that is not what I'm doing with this game, um, and I don't think uh, that, so. We can't we can't screw you over at the last. Uh, you cannot the last. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't really screw him over the one time, the first time. <laughs> uh, well, in the Shadow <laughs> of the Demon Lord, Brad set up this magnificent uh, encounter with this room. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't spoil it because uh, people will be coming up on it here in, in a short while on the main feed. So. Uh, but let's just say that Robin was playing with us and she's like, oh, I've got this power. Okay, I'll do this. And so totally went around Brad's epic encounter that he had set up. And you can yeah, just see was, Brad's face just go. I, I was <laughs> deflated. I was totally deflated. But, you know, afterward, it made for it made for a good storytelling moment. So that was yeah. I was I was happy with that. So Brad's uh, flying by the seat of his pants. That's good. Yeah, well, I've got I've got a thing here. But so, so this is the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit. So uh, one of the. So, so there's discovery and there's destiny discovery is kind of the main core book and destiny is kind of the secondary system that has three more types in it. And, and destiny is all about kind of community creation and, um, community engagement. And that was not something I was really thinking about doing with you all. Uh, Are you talking about like, uh, vampire, the masquerade type community building type stuff, like that like whole influence on the world or no, no. Like, um, like you, like you have a town and you're Ooh. in charge of your little town and what kind of buildings do you have in your little oh, town? Funny. And, and, uh, and so there's even, there's like a, a community so like kingdom care- building stuff. Yeah, kind of. So there's a Tiny there's little a, bits of minutiae for Rob to deep dive into. Yeah, but he was just saying he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> well, no, but I, but I was, but I, so I was thinking, well, maybe we, and then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, this, I don't know, this might be the kind of, this might be the kind of stuff you guys might dig. So if, if we do that, I mean, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be a big uh, pivot for me if that's the kind of thing that you guys might feel like you're into. So we haven't done, I don't, I don't know where you guys are at with character creation. I'm assuming not very far. You haven't at all. I've picked a name and that's dependent on what kind of, uh, (laughs) what kind of, uh, character type everyone chooses. So, okay. So, so in the destiny book, there, there are three other basic types. One of them is kind of a community leader and over the course of leveling up. The other thing is, I don't, I don't think we're kind of in this for the long haul on this story. No, this is a short game. Yeah. And so, so those are the destiny. This is the real reason for not doing destiny is because that, that maybe is designed for a, a long scale campaign where you take a, your tiny community and your, your little followers and you build it up into a big thing. It's almost like, like civilization. 
Yeah, or maybe kind of like uh, what very late game AD and D was like, you know, where you, <laughs> where you get uh, you got to keep and yeah, you yeah you oh, develop your man. keep and you get your followers and stuff. Yeah. I'm not you, I'm you not, take the leadership feat. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not saying I'm not trying to push you guys down that path at all, but I am saying like if that is something that, but I maybe if we're gonna do a, a very sort of short term story here, that may be really not a direction that we want to go, and maybe we just want to stick with kind of the the adventure exploration thing that is discovery Makes and that by the, yeah that's by the way why i'm not scripting a lot of this in advance uh because because discovery really is mostly about exploring things right um uh, getting into the world and finding new stuff in fact that's one of the key ways that characters gain experience points well it's 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 a way that characters gain experience points uh, not so much from killing guys, but from from finding things and and achieving things. Um, but so okay, so I just threw that out there. If yeah, I'm not saying that the destiny character types are off limits for y'all, but yeah, that you might find that less engaging now that I'm talking through that. So, so what are the? I mean, I don't know what are the destiny types. The destiny. So there's a there's a right who basically builds stuff, and there is a a, a character type. Suddenly the the, the delf. Yeah, the, oh, the, the delve is. Yeah, the delve digs in kind of like uh, it, the delve character reminds right. me of Ray at the very beginning of uh, Force Awakens, right? So uh, that a scavenger. Yeah, oh, that's a, good. Yeah, they their job is to kind of go and find pieces of Numenera and then maybe give them to the right, and then oh. the right then assembles them into cool stuff. Uh, and then there is the Arcus who is kind of the leader and the Arcus basically collects follower NPCs. I mean, that's the most, Oh, I see. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the long term, And then, and then all of the characters work together to create this community. So either you build a community from nothing or you foster a small community and, and become. So if somebody wanted to play one of these types, you'd be okay with it. Even if we didn't go with the whole, uh, but I think he's saying it would probably be suboptimal right. since a lot of their abilities are tied to that. Yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering about the delve because how tied, I mean, if a delve is just going out and scavenging for stuff and bringing it back to like the nano, could, would that not be the same thing? I, I, w- I would say that the delve is actually uniquely out of the, um, destiny classes. The, the one that fits the best into a discovery framework, like into a going out and, and, and adventuring framework. Yeah. Whereas the, um, the Arcus and the, uh, right, right. Uh, really, really probably struggle a lot more because you need to like go back home and like restock on like helpers or you know uh like have like a shop where you can like build things yeah yeah so the the, so yeah those two specifically center on this home base kind of that home base kind of idea so you're always you're always coming back home or your adventures center on happening things happening at home whether it's you know, strange mutants attacking or whatever that might happen to be. Um, mm. What else okay. do I need to tell you guys about this or ask you guys about this? Has anybody you, actually thought about what you were thinking of doing as a character? Nope. I mean, I have. Oh yeah. I'm I'm vaguely considering Jack, but I'm I'm also open to other things. Yeah, okay. I'm I am looking at a Jack as well. Uh, more of the I'm picturing it as a. Um, 
uh, Alan Quartermain, Indiana Jones type character, which is why when you said delve, I was like, well, that sounds more like what I'm looking at. Jack's a do that type. Yeah. But, and yeah, so that's why I was, that's why I was asking if you, if uh, delve was something you would consider or allow. Yeah. I, I would allow it, but you might be, but the Jack might be more kind of the adventure thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, given what you're, what you're talking about. Okay. But I mean, if we need a fighter, I can totally be a glaive. I don't, I don't mind being a glaive because I love, uh, pulling out a big giant sword and, uh, final fantasying up some bad guys. Sure. Yeah, I was thinking not glaive. Cause it's pretty similar to what I'm going to be playing back again next with Vangi. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fair. I have, um, uh, three partially fleshed out concepts <laughs> that I could, that I could move on. Brilliant. Well, that, that is excessive. I know there ain't no kill like overkill, Brad. <laughs> That's right. My golly. What are they? Uh, so the first one uh, is an intimidating glaive who needs no weapons. Um, and basically I see this guy as a person who, uh, instead of arms has enor- enormous crab pincers. Um, and maybe he has Hilarious. a, a pair of secondary smaller pincers that he uses to like eat and, and handle smaller objects. Um, I guess I see him as coming from a uh, a community that is very happy with the fact that the local Numenera like turns them into um, basically arthropod monsters, and so he's actually out in the world, both representing his community and doing good works because not everybody is as lucky as they are to be, you know, transformed into uh, horrifying aberrations. That's brilliant. Um, Yep. I also have a uh, a curious Jack who sees beyond. So uh, the idea here is that he comes from like kind of the opposite place, where like a very like backwards, isolated area. He had like a sorry, my friends are blowing up my phone. I really apologize for that. Um, and um, he. Uh, like he was a kid and he had uh, a serious eye infection and was probably going blind uh, or was definitely going blind and was probably going to die. One day a mysterious uh, person who is obviously in touch with the Numenera comes by. Uh, his mother asks him to heal him. He does. And now his eyes like are more than just normal eyes, right? Um, and that's kind of the, the basics of it. Uh, he probably then gets kicked out of his town that is very like weird about interacting with the Numenera. And then the last one, I kind of wanted to play uh, essentially like a Metal Man, Alchemical Exalted type situation with a tough nano who augments flesh with graphs, um, who basically just builds up his, um, like he's, you know, like a, a man made of clay or some other material that just graphs on like new technology onto himself as he goes. And uh, he's either trying to get back home or running away from home, depending on which direction the campaign is going. <laughs> Brilliant. So probably for people who don't understand what Rodrigo's talking about with the I am a blank that does a blank and does this. Uh, uh, Brad, would you describe the, the dis- you know, what, what he's talking about, the adjective, noun, who verbs? Yeah. So every, so that's, that's basically how characters are formulated, right? So you have, you have a character type that is like when 
y'all are talking about uh, jacks and nanos and and glaives. Those are your character types, and then those character types have a descriptor and and an adjective, and that's how we usually begin that sentence, right? We always begin that sentence with with an adjective that describes them and then the focus is kind of the weird thing so so the character rodrigo last described was uh i can't remember what your descriptor was what was that a tough a tough nano who augments flesh with graphs yeah so so tough is the descriptor and that gives you a special set of skills like a a a small ability and and describes some of the parameters for what you're doing the nano is is like your character class and so that that's the bulk of what your what your character is about and then you get this focus and the focus the focus can pull you off in all kinds of different directions that's why the idea of like a, a glaive who's really like like a magician because the glaive has a, a magician focus um, but here so so augments himself with grafts is augments flesh with grafts is is all about you know adding pieces to the body. I mean exactly what it says, and so there there are a, a set of skills that basically go with that. Uh, let me ask you, Brad, because I I just cracked open the Destiny book, so I'm not super familiar with it. Uh, is there so in the Discovery book, it's got all of the it's got descriptions for all of these things. You know your your descriptors is charming, clever, graceful, etc. Is that do they have additional ones in Destiny, or are we still using the same descriptors. So there, there are additional ones in destiny. There is one that is a, there's a book that's all about the religious order, the Aeon priests. Oh, so I don't care that, that. that has a different set of, of descriptors and foci, uh, but not different types. So yeah, there are, there are, there are even um, some character option supplements that have even more descriptors and even more foci that you can pull from. And I probably would suggest to everyone to check out uh, Destiny for the descriptors, because I do feel that the number of descriptors in Discovery are a little bit on the small side. Yeah, you've only you've got charming, clever, graceful, intelligent, learned, mystical, or mechanical, which yeah. I don't know why they are lumped together, but uh, also rugged, stealthy, strong, strong-willed, swift, and tough. Yeah, and so with Destiny, there's a whole slew of them, so uh, it gives you probably something you can probably get something closer to what uh you feel that you're trying to go for for your character there yeah and those aren't those aren't restrict i mean those aren't like like the way the the types are in destiny the test the destiny descriptors aren't sort of peculiar oh to yeah i i found, I found them here here they are they're at the beginning of uh the chapter three the one that's called character descriptors yep uh adaptable articulate uh ben- uh beneficent beneficent cheerful civic committed confident cultured curious earnest empirical, exacting, forward-thinking, gregarious, heroic, imaginative, industrious, intimidating, intuitive, uh, irrepressible, lawful, loyal, meddlesome, nurturing, obsessive, optimistic, organized, passionate, persevering, prepared, protective, relentless, risk-taking, serene, and vicious. Man, this is super cool for coming up with character inspiration, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And then, you know, based on which ones you do, that then unlocks your skills, abilities, special abilities, that kind of stuff. I, I, I mean, I am, I was all set to try to go for a rugged Jack, but I hadn't found my third option yet. I was going to roll all that, but I'm kind of, 
And see, that was kind of one of a, what I was sort of considering a rugged, rugged delve that explores yesterday. But yeah, I was thinking of an obsessive Dell delve. Ah, I, I mean, either of those would work. Now the the foci that are in Destiny are some of the foci in Destiny are really focused on that kind of gameplay that on that you know developing a community kind of kind of gameplay, but not yeah. All. I mean, I would I would probably jump back to Discovery for yeah. But I mean, it's but part. it's not you know like Explores Yesterday is from is from Destiny, right? As I recall. Oh, okay. Um, and then there's, uh, but one like builds tomorrow, which is from destiny. That's all about building the community and, and that kind of business. But there, there, the, the destiny is, a, is, is, would be a good place to look also. I love that brandishes an exotic shield as a whole thing. It's like, I am yeah. captain America. Well, it's like a force field. It's, oh, yeah, no, the, it's the exotic awesome. shield, but there's a different, there's actually like three different shield options. That's funny. Um, in this one. So. It's like focuses on defense, also has some shield stuff. And we also want to, my understanding is we want to avoid everybody having duplicate focus. We could have multiple delves, we could have multiple glaives, but, um, and we could even all be rugged delves, but they really encourage us not to have the same focus. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The focus so. is kind of your flair thing, right? Your, your big, the thing you do, right? Yeah. It's good to ask here, Brad. Uh, so even if we don't have like a home community, do you foresee there being a lot of room for social interaction? I think we can make that. So here's I'll, I will <laughs> tell you I will tell you how I how I envision the start of this thing, and then and then where it goes from there is is a little open. Uh, I I I was imagining starting of. Uh, far into the kind of wilderness beyond the beyond. So one of the things in, in Numenera is they've got a, a fairly well fleshed out civilized area. And then they've got the beyond, which is beyond that and it less civilized area. I was thinking of, of setting this uh, beyond the beyond. So in, in some very distant area, um, but in a community that already exists and is is thriving and doing well. Um, and then, and then having, uh, a, an exigence for, for the group to leave that community and go off exploring a thing, right. To solve a problem by leaving town and, uh, figuring out what's going on way off over there. So that's, that's kind of the beginning bit of this. Um, now after that, um, we can talk about it. So there, there's not a, yeah, I'm, I'm, in that case, so we're not talking about kind of an urban adventure that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of more of a, uh, out in the wilderness and, you know, kind of, a uh, Bilbo Baggins adventuring along the road and going off out there in the dark. I'm forest. going on a journey. <laughs> I'm late. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, that's just kind of the first part of this. So, you know, I really, I really do want to be uh, open to where you all want to take this story. So it sounds like Brian, you were, you already had a, uh, a delve picked out with all your aspects. Not so much. I was just, uh, oh, okay. one of the things I was considering, uh, as also kind of maybe thinking some kind of glaive that breaks down walls. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's all sorts of options. I was just kind of waiting to see where we settled yeah. on. Uh, and, then there, and then there's Rob. What are you thinking, Rob? 
Uh, I, I would. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rob's thinking of a, a crunchy cruncher who crunches. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I would point out, Rob, that there is the focus of controls beast. Yeah, I was just looking at that because it kind of screams Rob. If you Tier play one. a jack, if you play a jack who controls beast, you can walk into game with two pets. Yeah, <laughs> all right, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got we've well, got uh, Jack who can controls two beasts, so that one's done. Um, uh, Sam, what about you? What are you kind of thinking? I don't know. Okay, I'm still there's so many options, and so many of them sound very appealing. Brian, if you want to run a delve, I'm perfectly okay with doing a glaive. I can do a glaive. Someone's going to have to nip to double up right because like we're probably not going to play yeah. any of the so there's there's only four types and there's uh yeah well see that's kind of why i was asking about the social interaction if we could make an arcus work even if we weren't doing well oh, I, I wouldn't worry no i mean look yeah. you can you can you can double up types that's not a problem especially if you're doubling up on jacks but you know it's it's because you can go in in all kinds of different directions i wouldn't i wouldn't worry about doubling up on types i don't think people will be stepping on each other with that well and the other thing is that you'd hope that there would be some social interaction anyway because some abilities are actually capped by the fact that they make you stupider <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> like, the problem with my guy at um, shadow of the demon lord man he was dumb yeah <laughs> like some options are like oh you're really good at this but uh no good wordies come out when you talks to the peeps yeah So, yeah, I don't I know. Could, hmm. I'd want to be the face of the party. That's kind of playing against my type, but I was considering. Yeah, uh, that sounds fun, though. <laughs> um, I mean, I was oh, the Arcus. Of, you were wanting to do the Arcus? Again, oh, I was just one. Uh, you I can mean, there's play... a lot of Jack things that do that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can play a Jack who talks to machines, and then you can be the face for the machines as well. <laughs> I, I'm, I wonder if, and maybe Brian or Brad, you know this, when they went from Destiny or Discovery to Destiny, which I'm guessing is the second module, you think that they just looked at the Jack and said, these are too many options. Let's break these out into their own classes. Oh, no. I, uh, Destiny is almost like ad- adding a different kind of gameplay to oh, this. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I could go with a, um, I, I could go with a, a a strong glaive who absorbs energy. Ooh. Or never says die. I could, I, I really would, uh, I could pick any of those. Yeah. Like I'm vaguely considering like an adaptable Jack and going for like the super lucky version and basically being a, um, shonen anime character. I haven't really come up with the best, um, <laughs> other one for that, but. And you all don't need to, I mean, for, for, for my sake, I don't, I don't think anybody needs to lock themselves in here tonight as far as I'm concerned. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I just want to make sure we don't double up on our focus. I guess that would be the main thing that I would. Yeah. I think there's a million foci. Uh, so, yeah. And we should probably have uh, a nano. So if other people want to play Jax, I could also go there. I think I'm probably not up for leave at this point. Um, I'll, but I nobody, nobody's really passes. expressed. Nobody's really expressed a, uh, um, a, a preference for nano, so I can lock into nano. I've got a nano ready to go, if that's right. what okay. if that's what we got. Then I will go with a um. Then I'll go with a 
strong glaive who I'm going to look at these foci, but I'm leaning towards absorbs energy, but I could also do, um, needs no weapons. Ooh. I think I'm gonna go with needs no weapons. Yeah. You do. Strong glaive. Strong glaive. And, who needs and no that's weapons. why I, and that's why I made three characters, because my pitch of an intimidating glaive who needs no weapons, I'm like, I'm going to run up against Steven's karate guy that's coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you have the n- needs no weapons? I can I can change that. No, no, no. No, no. I'm, no I'm he's going to play the nano that sees oh, okay, beyond. Okay. okay, okay, okay. No, that augments with graphs. So I'm oh, just augments gonna, with graphs, right. I'm just going to go stick myself with whatever we kill. So what is it, thunders? Let me look and see what thunders is. So yeah, yeah. And Steve, you know, like Stephen, that that you know, strong strong glaive, right, is a really you know strong two stereotypical. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it, my, saying- I imagine this. I imagine this being uh, Conan the Barbarian, but with a kilt. Oh T- wow! Well, a kilt then. Yeah. All right. Never mind. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking uh, adaptable Jack that moves like a cat. That sounds. Okay. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Now, as long as as long as Rob doesn't think you know that you're his cat, <laughs> <laughs> too bad. <laughs> Look, if Rob thinks I'm his cat and like gives me like food and uh, a comfy place to sleep, yeah. okay, all right. Yeah. And if Rob so, has a cat, then so we've we got two jacks, a nano, a glaive. Who are we missing? Uh, Brian. Oh, okay. Well, oh, Brian, you're talking about a delve, right? I was considering a delve. Uh, a middlesome delve. That sounds fun. Or you could be a charming delve and be Indiana Jones. Just explores dark places. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, be a, there's be a Tomb Raider. There's definitely, um, you can definitely find the character options that's like a nano nano that nanos. Yeah. <laughs> and there's definitely a delvey delve that delves. Yeah. What I was going to say, Stephen, about, you know, being a glaive is if you, you know, you were, you could be a glaive and still be kind of that Alan Quartermain kind of, kind of a glaive. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, like hunts. Yeah, by playing around with with maybe counterintuitive foci and counterintuitive descriptor, you you've got a you can go in a weird broad range of things. I don't mind smashing things. Okay, all right. Well, then and, smash things. That's maybe and like, maybe and maybe oh maybe this is an opportunity for Brian and I to have already been teamed because Brian's the one that gets into places and I'm the one that protects him. I don't know. So one of the other <laughs> one of the that. other things that happens with the mechanics when you're when you're dealing with your your focus and your descriptor and all that, um, I think it's the I think it's your focus, right? Is it your focus is the one? Yes, the initial link to the starting adventure. Yeah. So one of so the descriptor I think has the initial link to the starting adventure, and then the the focus has a connection to one of the other characters. Oh, it's, okay. And so that's a that's a place where you can establish that, and, and you may or may not want to discuss that with the other character you're linking yourself to. I, you okay. you don't you don't really need to. You know what I'm saying? Like you can just go, oh, this will be this will be a good one. And as people are describing their characters, I'll figure out which one I want to I want to do um, my stuff with. Right? 
I have figured out the origin of my special powers. Since I'm a strong glaive, uh, I rolled uh, my 100 dice. So this is the other thing I love about this, this game, uh, Brad. All you need to play this game is a D20. Unless you're a, a nano and then you need a D6. <laughs> so you only true. need two dice. So originally it was only one die. Now it's only two die. Unless you have to have special rolls like your origin of special powers, which requires a D100. So then you're going to need either a D100 or two D10s or roll your D20 twice. So you only need one dice unless you don't. That's what I you, love about this game. You know what I love about this game? Chief. <laughs> yeah. So I, rolled, so I rolled an 18. So my strong, uh, my strong power comes from a mutation due to experimental science performed on my ancestors. Cool. So that was a, a, an actual role that actually tied into the backstory, unlike another character where I just mm. relied on dice to figure out how my character works. So where is that chart? It is on under the, um, discovery pay, uh, in the discovery book under character focus on page 61. Cool. That's peculiar for your f focus, right? Or is that, um, general, is that I the, think that's a general one. Okay. Oh, it is a general one. Yes. There it is. Yeah. Yep. Oh, um, no, I, I think that is peculiar to the commands mental. Oh, really? Thing. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Well, that sucks. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everybody, not everybody has mental powers, and that's yeah. So, so <sighs> yeah, that's, not, that's not a general thing. That's that's specifically. <laughs> right, so I have to I mean, go You under. can still, Although Steven, it, I can it, still be your story. You can. Yeah. You're, you're not. <laughs> yeah, that seems totally valid. Yeah, you can. You can still do that as your story. We're not going to take that away from you. You were so happy with it for a minute there. The, um, oh, now I forgot what I was going to, the other thing I was going to tell. Oh, one of the things that's useful, if you haven't seen, in the in the discovery book, there is Appendix D, which is just a, a spread that is all the stuff you need to do for character creation. Hmm. So it's all handy in, in, a, in, just, in, in Destiny or Discovery? In Discovery. Okay. So it's like page 406. Good Lord, this is a thick book. It is a big, big is a big book. Yep. Ah, okay, cool. This is what I was hoping that we had something like that. Because again, yeah. I don't want to compare it to another system because everybody loves it when I compare it to another system. In Shadow of the Demon Lord, it's this exact same thing. It's it's yeah. Yep. Do this, then do this, then mm -hmm. fill in this, mm -hmm. roll on this table, write that down. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's pretty much the whole show. One of the things in here, by the way, is, uh, your ciphers and your oddity. I will give you all ciphers and oddities, uh, when we start. So you can, like in the game, we'll give you like starting ciphers and oddities, but then everybody of the same, that's all based on your type. And so everybody that shares the type will start with the same two ciphers and the same oddity. And that's, that makes your oddity not very odd actually. <laughs> so I'll, I'll hand out ciphers and, and whatnot. Okay. Cool. Um, Rupert, Rupert Manley, a strong glaive who needs no weapons. All right. Do you all, uh, I, this is, this is really maybe, maybe not something we need to get into too much here, but, uh, when you're working on, so you've got three pools, right? You've got, mm -hmm. you've got intellect, uh, strength, and what's the other one? Speed. Speed. Thank you very much. And so those three pools also function effectively as your hit points. Yeah. And, and they're also, yeah, you don't have hit points. It's kind of, it's way, it's the way your health is gauged. And then also you spend from those pools to, 
to make tasks easier for yourself, right? So mm-hmm. you can you can do you can say I'm going to I'm going to put forth effort to achieve this task, and so then you spend a certain amount out of those pools, and then at one point everybody gets to have I think all I think all the first tier characters have a one edge for one of those pools, and edge basically means that you spend out of that pool with a discount. And so you, at this level, you'd only have an edge of one. So you'd have a discount of one. As you move up to other tiers, your discount can get steeper as, as you go on. Um, so understanding effort and edge is a little helpful as you're creating your character, but I wouldn't worry about it so too much. Let me, let me think if I, let me see if I got the effort and edge. Um, if I understand it. So we're going to have some pool of points that we can spread around and that will be our edge. That's your, that's your your, health. Okay. Okay. That's our health. Okay. Uh, So it's like when we're trying to lower the difficulty of a task, we have a fixed number, like maybe it's two in our, I want to say it's our edge that never goes away, but then we may need to borrow from our, um, uh, our pool of other points to bring that down even lower. And then that one can't be depleted unless we have a long rest or something that refills up that, that number. Yeah. So let's say, let's say your character is trying to lift up something really heavy, right? And the task seems really like a very, like a level, let's say you say it's an effort, uh, what is it? uh, Effort of four or whatever it is, or a level four task. Yeah. So I'll say it's a level 12. I have to roll a 12 or higher to succeed on that. That is correct. Right. And if you really, really want to make sure you succeed, then one of the things you can do is put forth effort. And then, and then for every effort you put forth, then that lowers the level by one step. Okay. So if you put forth effort, the level four thing becomes a level three thing. Your well, target need a nine. is nine instead of yeah. 12. Right. Yeah. But, but to spend effort, you have to spend in this case, because it's lifting something heavy, it would come from your strength pool. Okay. Right. And so you would, you would actually spend a little bit of your health points to do this thing. If you yeah. have, if you have one edge in strength, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then instead of spending three to do the effort, you would only spend two points to do the effort. Okay. Oh, yeah. so you're, you're spending the diff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And eventually a character can, can move their effort score up. So if you have an effort of two, then you can spend effort twice to do a task. So the first time it costs three, the second time it costs two more than that. And so then your edge only comes out of that once though. So instead of spending five, if you have an edge of one, then you would spend four. This is all something we can worry about later, but I just kind of wanted to make sure everybody, since you're already pretty, it seems pretty, it is pretty easy, but the numbers are not, I mean, Honestly, the numbers are not that hard. If you know what your target is, if you say it's a level four thing, you just multiply that times three and that tells you what you have to hit on your dice. And then you can decide whether to spin from your, your edge or your uh, pool to bring that down. And hopefully you can bring it down and still have enough points left over to where you are not, um, you know, tapping out on those areas and you could bring it down to a level zero for an instant success. And you can do things like using your ciphers or your special abilities also to bring those levels down. Am I right? Yep. Uh, well, ciphers tend to give you kind of like a weird one-off crazy power, right? Yeah. Uh, Like I'm going to take this uh, quick strength potion. Yeah. Yeah. 
another thing you can do, and this this keys to your type. So in your type, there there are specific forms of what they call player intrusions. So you can spend an experience point to change a certain circumstance. And so that's one of the things you can do to control the whenever you're trying to take an action, you can say, okay, I'm gonna have a player intrusion that says one of the examples they have is is um so you're you're trying to pick a lock and and you can say, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a player intrusion that says that I actually used to study under the exact craftsman who made this lock. Therefore I specifically understand how this lock works. So I should get um the difficulty level reduced by one. And so you use your player intrusion to do something like that. So like introducing a fact or Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I need to tell you that might matter for player create or for character creation. And I don't, I don't think there's anything else in there that's really kind of particularly confusing or weird. The leveling up system is complicated. Um, so there, there are five things you can do. You pick four of them and you basically level up. So you spend two experience points to do one, you spend two experience points to do another. And once you've done that four times, then you level up to the next tier for your type. And that opens up a new set of skills. So if you're a nano, you get a new spell and that kind of business. Or do you still have access to all your old stuff too? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what is our, what is our average? What is the average? Is 10 average for like uh, strength or speed or intellect or anything like that? Is that, uh, yeah, so the jacks all start with like you know even distribution in all three pools, and I think it's uh, okay. ten as I recall. Yeah, and then you get six bonus points mm-hmm, to spread you around, can spread around as you will, and then your focus also typically gives you some points, as I recall. Yeah. So, oh man, I'm the dumb guy again. <laughs> My intellect as a glaive is only seven. There you go. Uh, okay, so let me. Okay, so let's just let's just do a thing here. Uh, I get six additional points to divide among your stats. So let's say I put three in intellect in my pool. Okay. If I do something that requires an uh, intellect check, yes. Though those numbers mean nothing then, unless I want to spend those three to to lower it a, one level, right? Right. So as a glaive, you probably would want your, it's your might pool. That's what, that's what I'm thinking about, but uh, where so, I'm going to yeah. have my most, but I'm just using this in the dumb guy needs to do smart thing. Right. So dumb guy needs to do smart thing. If you want to spend effort to do that smart thing, it'll be really good to have points in your intellect pool. I'll, uh, I'd like to point out that social interaction is based on intellect. So uh if you like for example my original glaive idea was an intimidating glaive so i actually did need to put uh points into intellect because that's how you are intimidating mm-hmm. yeah minus is, is strong so it's probably just going to stay in might so if you imagine you're going to be doing a lot of a lot of might based things right if you think you're going to mm-hmm. be doing a lot of physical combat then might's going to be how how opponents are going to be attacking you typically uh so you're going to want a pretty significant might pool if you're going to be spending effort on attacks if you're going to be spending effort on might oriented things then that's where you want to have that pool behind you can afford to lay off of it 
And so how do you get edge? So edge is one of the, one of, so you start with one edge, but edge is one of the things that comes as you spend experience. Um, you mean our pool points? No, no edge is the discount you get when you, so if you spend pool points for effort, yeah, your edge score allows you to at low levels, subtract one point from that right. expenditure, right? The way you get higher edge is by spending experience points as part of the leveling up process. Ah, okay. All right. So if you, but we should have all, uh, one edge in each of those categories to start with, or does it depend on what your, uh, what your background is, your class? It depends on, on your background, on your class. Yeah. Okay. So your, your type rather. Yeah. Yeah. So your type will tell you what, what you can, like where you, where you apply your edge. Yeah. Okay. If you look on the character sheet, where is the character sheet? I threw a character sheet up there. Yeah. We put some character sheets up there for people to, to grab. You can get those free from, uh, uh, from the website. Yeah. Where's the one I said the one used. Okay. So the character sheet you shared, Steven mm-hmm. is, is, um, is actually the, the community character sheet. It's the, Oh, okay. In case you're there's wondering. a, there's a, there's a character character sheet on there as well. Yeah. I threw, I oh, hear it is. Here's the discovery character sheet. So I was going to reference the, the back page of the discovery character sheet has a, like a little shield shape. Then it says advancement. And basically these oh, are okay. the things that you can spend your experience points on. And when you've checked off four of these boxes, then you move up a tier and you pretty much start a whole new character sheet. Uh, so the, f- the first one is you can in- increase your capabilities. So you spend experience to increase your capabilities and that gives you plus four to stat pools. Is and there a then, way to save on these if you don't have a, an Adobe license? I don't know. Oh yeah. I just realized they don't, uh, they don't seem to save. Yeah. That's weird. That's unfortunate. I'm sorry. If there's one in roll 20. There is. Yeah. Uh, Yes, there is. Oh, have we created a roll twenty game for this already? We've not, not yet. yet. Yeah, okay. I need to well, do. And I'll wait to put points to paper until we actually get that going. Yeah, or, or just print it out if you want. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, Adobe licensed to the teeth, so I don't really think about that. That's not helpful. You know, I'm looking at the I, honestly, Brad. I'm looking at the discovery sheet, and I'm looking at my desk or my uh, community sheet. Uh huh. Oh no, I guess I'm I guess I'm looking at the discovery character sheet. That's what I'm looking at. Yep. Never mind. I was okay. gonna say the character sheet that I'm looking at is exactly the same as Yeah, no, I see what you're saying with the uh the community one. Yeah, the community character sheet visibly hits all the yeah, same sort good. of aesthetics bits. So it's it's hard to actually even see the difference when you're yeah. looking at like a little thumbnail of them. Yeah, maybe. no, I'm I'm using the discovery one. So Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so now uh, it's just a, now it's just a matter of going to each of these sections and filling out the stuff. Yeah. And, and doing the, you know, give yourself, give yourself equipment and give yourself all this and you guys can take care of that. We don't need to, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't need to, uh, to kind of over, oversee that. Uh, is there any other questions you guys have about this? Yeah. I mean, would you mind between games if, you know, if I put this in roll 20, taking a look to make sure I didn't miss anything or mess anything up. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Or if you could, uh, I don't know, if you want to 
I was going to say email me stuff, but you won't be able to save it to email it to me. So never mind. Yeah, we can do that. We just got to set up the Roll20 space. Cute. Now, I use Foxit PDF Reader, and it does let you save. And Same. I was just testing that out. And Sorry, what's the name of the PDF Reader? Foxit. Okay, I'll try that. And then, I don't know if I was recording at the time, but Brad, you also sent around the, um, what is that sheet? The uh, uh, consent in gaming form. Oh, yeah. So, so Numenera comes from Monty Cook Games. And one of the things that Monty Cook Games has developed and is available for free is their consent in gaming system. So they've got a, a little booklet uh, that describes how how to uh, do some healthy consent stuff in gaming. And then they also have the RPG consent checklist that I sent around. And I was asking if you all were interested in going through this. Uh, I, I think it's not a bad idea. I tend to get, Oh, well, you know, one of the things I tend to do in, uh, in role-playing games that, that amuses me is to put people in, slightly emotionally uncomfortable situations. Um, but then that, that word slightly, uh, what seems like a slightly emotionally uncomfortable situation to me might be a deeply emotionally uncomfortable situation for somebody else. And so I'd rather avoid a deeply uncomfortable situation. So this is a good way of, of getting away from that, right. Of, of, of not stepping into somebody's personal minefield or pushing them into their own personal minefield without realizing it. So I so if you all would like to uh, fill out the uh, consent checklist and you can email it to me if you all those of you I think everybody's got my email yeah I think you all have my email um, that would be good and I will I will look at it and I will pay attention to this and we can also share them around for everybody maybe you guys could fill them out and and share them in the Google Docs drive shared drive that we're doing. Yeah, I can do that. Too. I already, I already sent mine to you, but uh, yeah. Okay. Um, a good way to do that. Yeah, no, that's, that's uh, really cool and kind of you to do that. Uh, I was going to say something. I, I think most people know that we try to keep everything family friendly, uh, at least when it comes to strong language, Rob, and um, uh, sexual activity type stuff. Um, yeah. But uh I am, you know, I'm not opposed to like over the, I'm not opposed to violence. Uh, I'm not a big fan of gore porn type stuff, just gore to have gore. But you know, if, if you have to rip somebody's arm off, I don't think that that's too graphic. Okay. Good. Cause I occasionally like to rip people's arms off. Yeah, I know. So yeah, uh, so this this has categories like what kind of horror elements the and so you you code these as green, yellow, or red. You know, green if you're totally cool with it, red if you're do not want to do this, and yellow is you know eh, we can do this, but don't don't put it right up in my face. Make it be something that happens off stage, kind of. Um, and so there are a bunch of there are a bunch of categories here in this RPG consent checklist that that are really useful useful things to negotiate ahead of time. So one of the other things that I was really surprised at is, and, and, you know, there are some people that may not care for this part of the game where we like, ah, oh, you wasted a whole week just talking about the game. And we heard you build a little character, but I've also got a lot of really positive feedback from people 
that really enjoy like when we did uh, Brian's most recent game uh, where we were doing some character creation. And then by the time we came back the next week, people were like, wow, these characters seem really developed and everybody, you know, seems to have their character more uh, thought out than they did after the character creation sheet. And a lot of people were like, well, how many days was it between between games? And uh, I think it's most of the time it's about a week. So from the time you hear this, dear listener, it'll be seven days, six days before we sit down again to play. And that'll give us a chance to fill out our sheets, think more about our characters, figure out uh, how we're going to control our animal friends and sick them on other people. Um, you know, those kinds Whoa. of things. So, <laughs> so uh, I think you will see, you know, kind of a little spark of characters, except for maybe Rodrigo, who's almost fully formed. Um, you'll see, you see the spark of characters here and then come back next week when they're fully clothed and uh, assembled and see how they interact in this, in this world, six or 1 billion years in the future. Yeah. I have to wear clothes. I mean, I guess you don't have to, although remember I said, I'm not into the whole, uh, explicit, uh, nakedness and sexiness and stuff. Yeah. If so. anybody, if anybody red lights, uh, <laughs> please, don't, please don't, don't, don't John, worry. please don't John if, Candy. If this, this will uh, be explicitly not sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, burn. <laughs> All right. Anything else from anybody else on this? Do we need any, does anybody have any other questions for Brad or about this game or anything like that? Uh, do we, do you have anything about like the area where this is uh, specifically supposed to take place? Um, so imagine the, uh, so the, so the northernmost Northern North of any of the Numenera maps. So there's a, there's a region called the spirit lands. You're going to be North of the spirit lands. Uh, so is north of the north is, is, are we assuming that we're all Northern hemispheres? Is that a cold region or is the north of the north, uh, more like a equator region? Yeah. So more of a, more of a kind of an equator region. So the, the okay. Numenera world map, uh, is basically there's this one continent, right? And, mm-hmm. and the, and that continent has had its, its Southwestern quadrants pretty thoroughly and deeply mapped. Um, and that's it. And so every, so, so we'll be kind of on the Northern, just, just at the Northern edge of what has been mapped in the most mappiest of books, not necessarily just discovery, but, but in all the collection of, of Numenera maps, I got, um, I, I caught, I don't know if any of you, the rest of you did, but there was a, uh, humble bumble, humble bumble. She was, <laughs> A humble bundle, uh, just a m- couple of months ago, that was basically all things Numenera, and uh, it was it was as as humble bundles go, a really good deal. And so I got in on, so I've got like all the ridiculous maps and source books that have come out for this, and uh, and so I was I picked a place that looked kind of cool, and then said right right outside that place. Yeah, I just need to know whether I need to pack my winter kilt. Or my summer kilt. You can pack your summer kilt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll start. We'll start in this. We'll start in the spring, the pleasant of spring. Say, say April or so. So uh, let me ask you this: uh, in Shadow of the Demon Lord, it was everything is trying to kill us. Is that the way the world of Numenera is? Is everything trying to kill us? 
Uh, only the things that are trying to kill you will be trying to kill you. Okay. Right. <laughs> Everything yeah. is weird and might want to kill you. Yeah, there's, so- a, there's a possibility that the things that are trying to help you are also going to kill you because your body doesn't fit their parameters. There you yes. go. That is that is literally a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things in my games typically is that the things that look like they're trying to help you are trying to kill you. Um, that's not necessarily... You don't you don't need to have those suspicions up in this game. This isn't necessarily that kind of that kind of game where the whole world is the whole world is plotting against you. Um but but the whole world is is very, 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 very weird. Um that is that is probably the key conceit of this game is you look at that and you don't understand that thing and you're not really sure what that is for and what that does, but maybe you want to poke it hear that rob you can't have a dog and a cat that's too normal you have to have a a slim, dog. slimplert and a <laughs> jim jim geobo <laughs> gotta have a flirkin yep yep a sure. gorilla with a, a gorilla with a kitty cat's head <laughs> yeah yeah it should have a tentacle for a tail ook, ook. yeah meow yeah there, there you go, go. All right. Well, I guess uh, unless anybody else says anything else, I, I, I guess we're we're done with you, Brad, or maybe oh, you're great. done with us for today. No, uh, so thanks everybody for checking this out. I hope you found the informal chat useful. If you haven't checked out uh, Numenera, you can easily buy this in in PDF form, uh, which I would suggest. Uh, and also, as I said, you can get the character sheets uh, for free off of the what's the guy's name monty cook uh, games, monty cook games. Yeah. you can get it off there off their website for free there are a lot of uh, good free resources there uh, even like free starter adventures if you want to see how that stuff goes with starter characters and there's there's oh, a, nice. a lot of nice free resources from monty cook games yep all right everybody we'll be back next week with our characters and an adventure and let's see where this goes until next time here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.